Welcome to Two Crazy Scoops Podcast with your hosts Ao and Antino. With our special guest this week, Miguel Peru. Enjoy. We're going to talk about some pretty crazy topics musically, uh, artistically, autistically, all that fun stuff. Wow. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to Two Crazy Scoops Podcast with your hosts Ao and Antino. And uh, we have our special guest, our uh, Vire specialist this week, <laughs> here to talk to us about the medical uh, views. And Wait, what was your last name again? Peru? Like okay. the country? Okay. Yeah. All right. Because he said it a little bit differently. Peru. So yeah. The accent. Yeah, yeah. it's like at home. Yeah. Got you. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I understood. Sorry. Right. Next time I say Peru. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it however you want. <laughs> So, you know, I've really been looking forward to having you on the show, Miguel. Thanks, man. Thanks. Sadly, uh, we're not going to talk anything about you because there's been some pretty insane things happening. Hey, I think we got to address what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, no, there's some. There's a few things on the list if for him. If any of you start coughing, <laughs> instantly. <laughs> yeah, our, our, li- our listeners can't tell, but, uh, I mean, I'm in a bubble suit right now. So. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we're all uh, quarantined ourselves at each corner just in case. Just in case. Uh, you know, nothing personal. We just got to be proactive. <laughs> yeah. So I'm here to announce that all entertainment has been canceled. Life has been canceled, as it is. Pretty much, yeah. It's an introvert's daydream, my friend. Oh, yes, it is. No hugging, no yep. talking. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? I still automatically, just by habit, I still reach out to shake people's hands. Oh, yeah. And usually other people remind me, like, uh, we'll just do this. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. And they'll hand me an elbow. <laughs> Or they'll fist bump, and I'm like, that's right. I keep, but it's just a habit. I just yeah. reach, hey, how's it going? You know, so. yeah, all day I've been doing that. I mean, it's just yeah, force a habit. You get used to it. I mean, it's part of our culture. Least, no man, at least I, here, I don't even shake people's hands. Yeah. I'm just like that. Being good. said, that being said, I've been waiting for this day for a very long time. <laughs> the, not the virus aspect, <laughs> but the, the ceasing of shaking hands. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So you're a no contact person. Yes, I mean hugs are cool mm-hmm. for me, but um, if I know the person really well, but uh, the handshaking—I don't know. If, if it feels awkward, you know. I'm, I'm not sure if the other person is cool with it, so it's, it's <laughs> it, different, you know. Okay, and that's how I feel about hugs here. Okay, because in Bridgeport, where I was at, everyone gave hugs and a kiss on each cheek, kind of that type Take of it style. Easy, yeah, no, they did. They did, and it was pretty. It was pretty typical. And it's so funny because I got so used to doing that that when I went back home to visit, I had met, I had um, saw this couple that I, um, you know, that I was around a lot when I was still living in Detroit. And when I went up to his wife, the very first thing I did was, "Hey, how's it going?" I gave her a hug and then the, the kiss on one cheek and then on the other. And he was standing behind in Detroit. That's obviously not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he was standing behind her at a distance, looking like, "Oh, no, this fool didn't just kiss my wife." Hide your kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And it, but it dawned on me as I was going in for the second one. But I'm like, "Well, you're already there." This far. <laughs> Finish it. <yeah. laughs> Might as well. But no, seriously. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I I don't know. I don't really care. Contact. It doesn't. I'm more about. I'm all about what's what's the other person. What makes the other person comfortable? Yeah. So if they don't want any contact, then I'm fine with that. But if they want a hug or whatever. Yeah. So what do you think about a lot of these sports events getting canceled? 
I could care less. Me too. <laughs> it doesn't affect me at all. I was like, yes. They're calling it March Sadness now. Yeah, good. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. that's right. That's right. After yeah. I read that this morning. Yeah. It's no longer wow. March Madness. So, to all of our fans out there who are crying because uh, they can't watch uh, yeah. basketball, I do sincerely apologize. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have us to keep you. Yeah. And the one guy, it, the, the memes are hilarious. The one guy yeah, who dude. got tested positive for it. He will forever go down, not as being a good player, but just as the guy who shut down the NBA. Who? I forgot his name. Oh, well, yeah, I guess he won't go down. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. That's crazy. So, another thing is, is there's no more toilet paper, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And as our medical expert, Miguel, do you have any answer for why that's happening? Well, my trunk is currently filled with about, I don't know. 50, 50 rolls of toilet paper, but <laughs> I was gonna bring you a roll of toilet paper as a gift for coming yeah. on the show, and then I realized I might not be able to find <laughs> it anymore. <laughs> as a joke, just as a gag. So I went to Fry's and I was like, I just buy a little pack, and I was like, Whoa, they're serious! Like they went out and bought all the toilet paper. I don't know who. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it disappeared at my store too, and I don't even know. Like yesterday, like just a day or two ago, I was like, oh, I should probably grab a roll, you know, a packet mm-hmm. or so. They're gone. So apparently the World Health Organization is suggesting that individuals um, wrap themselves in toilet paper like a mummy. <laughs> and that's, that stops the spread of it. <laughs> You're joking, right? Yeah, I'm joking. Okay, I was about to say like... Yeah, don't take anything on this podcast too seriously, <laughs> please. I seriously stop like, what? And <laughs> you see what people walking nonsense. around like a mummy. Oh my God. Nothing has been fact-checked on this. No, nothing. Yeah. It's just panic buying. That's all it is. People just... Yeah. There's something going on, and they just go and buy crap. <laughs> toilet paper, though. Yeah. Well, we sold out of toilet paper, obviously hand sanitizer, alcohol. Right. Yeah. And also what we're selling out of at our store is um, a lot of the, you know, stuff like elderberry, different natural remedies like that that people use. Wow. Um, what else? Zinc is selling out. Vitamin C, those little vitamin C packets. Yeah. Emergency. Oh. Those have been selling out yeah. like crazy. Those, yeah. And, and what else? Oh, and, and then the one gallon water. Something I did find interesting, though, <coughs> is that as I'm walking down the aisle in fries, on one side there's toilet paper, mm-hmm. and on the other side there's party accessories, plastic forks, spoons, and napkins. There were so many napkins. Mm-hmm. You would think. I mean, it's the yeah. same thing, right? right. Um. Depends on what brand you're talking yeah. about. Depends on the those really like special party ones that don't absorb anything. <laughs> you're right, exactly. They just smear everything. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, single ply. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't want single ply. <laughs> no, toilet paper is specifically softened to a well. Some of it is. Yeah, like, but if worse comes to worse, I mean, it's either that or you're ripping pages out of a book and have fun yeah. with that one. Oh yeah. Oh well, you know it's so funny. So. What my grandmother told me is that they used to, we're talking way back in the day, she grew up on a farm, outhouse, we're talking that era. She said that when they didn't have any toilet paper, they would actually take a paper bag, a brown paper bag, and they would rub it together, like tear it and keep rubbing it together. And she did that one time for like two or three minutes, just kept rubbing it together. And then she said, now fill it. And the paper bag was actually super soft. Oh, wow. Yeah. So back in the day, they had their own little tricks for, you know, when they didn't have something. 
Yeah, and that's the funny thing is like you're kind of dependent on it so much that toilet paper can like yeah debilitate you right now. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't think about it, but then you think about the people who are older who didn't have stuff like that. It's yeah. like they've figured out what to do. Anyway, it's kind of a side point. But yeah, people are just stocking up like you know it's the end of the world. I mean. Theoretically, I mean, it is, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Theoretically, this toilet paper could last you with the amounts they're getting. They could last you for a couple of years, I think. Oh. The way they're stocking <laughs> yeah. up, you know? yeah, and they're going to realize that pretty soon. You yeah, know? yeah. And they're like, Maybe why they think we... they can sell it or something? I don't know. I don't think that to- toilet paper would be a hot commodity if everything shut down, though. That's true. Yeah, they're like, no. please, sir. Well, <laughs> you would think. Well, I don't know. I'll you would think you if people were going to for you, a roll of toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> On there's the black this, market. There's this funny meme. Do you ever watch the um, Pawn Stars? Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, 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 there's this funny meme that's going on where this guy, he has like a, a case of water, a roll of toilet paper, and like a bottle of, uh, of Perel on the counter and oh. <laughs> trying, to, trying to pawn it in. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people think that this is like a, a, a diarrhea situation. And really it's... It's the virus's respiratory. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There has no, well, you're the expert, Miguel, yeah. so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I should be telling you. Yeah, I mean. yeah, you should be yeah. filling us in. Yeah. yeah, it's respiratory. It's respiratory, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It also, uh, you know, it makes it so you can't do your taxes. So. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that reminds me. Oh, dude, I just did it. It's like the worst. It feels like homework all over again. Oh, Anyways, it is. We're yeah. not talking about that. That's a tangent. Okay. That's for another day when we have our tax expert in here. Oh, yeah. We'll yeah. find out who that is. Our tax episode. Yeah. Coming Taxes. next month. Yeah, coming next <laughs> April month. 15th. April 15th. Yeah. <laughs> More lines out the door. <laughs> but, yeah, so since toilet paper sold out, I don't like to fill everyone in on the good old days. <laughs> yeah. QT napkins. It's just done. And I don't know. I was just thinking today that it's so weird how... What was it? A couple, few years ago, Ebola was the mm-hmm. big thing. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy too. Right? Yeah, it was Ebola. Did stuff sell out like that though? No, mm-hmm. not to not like this. And and the hand sanitizer was a was a pretty big thing back then too because they were saying, yeah. obviously, I think so. yeah, you yeah. would think that would sell out. And then like swine flu or yeah, H1, yeah, H one N one. Yeah, last year was romaine lettuce. I think yeah, everybody was afraid. Oh, of that. That's been like yeah. the last couple of years. Couple of years. Romaine lettuce was a few years. That actually that. freaked me out because I walked into Walmart and they had the whole vegetable section yeah. like screened off. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah. I was expecting everyone to be running around in a panic or something. <laughs> I was like, where am I going to get my lettuce that I'm just going to throw back in the well, garbage? But that's just one crop, though. But yeah, the, yeah every few years, there's lettuce like a, might work pretty good as toilet paper. <laughs> hey, there you yeah, go. that's true. That's true. <laughs> Um, Back in your toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's all green. <laughs> yeah. No, it's crazy. Every couple of years, there's some type of viral or, you know, some type of epidemic, some virus or something that goes rogue every few years. And if you have coronavirus, we're sorry, we're not laughing at your expense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Chances are anyone who listens to this probably does not have it, though. We have a big following in Italy, actually. I bet you didn't know that. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. So yeah. Real news to yeah, me. Yeah, so we need to get our spaghetti expert on here next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, so, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, the interesting thing is that it's not funny, but Tom Hanks does have the coronavirus. And his wife. Um. But I don't know. I, I think you would expect him to be the first one to get it, seeing as he does live in an airport. I watched a documentary about how he lives in an airport. 
That's he. That's how he met his wife, and they both live in the oh airport still to this God. day. Yeah. Apparently, he can't leave legally, so I was pretty concerned. I just thought he'd be the first one to get it, if anything. And he is, so that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he lived on an island with a volleyball. Really? Yeah. No, that was after he, or before, I don't even know the time. He's, He's got a lot of documentaries out there, let me just tell you. He does, yeah. So do, speaking of that, do all these movies take place in one, like, universe of tom hanks you know where he's mm-hmm. what movies has he done well it goes all the way back to like splash or yeah with the mermaid splash he's with the mermaid mm-hmm. you never saw splash no that's like 80 something and then um what else um forrest at Gump. a certain period of time i got Bubble tom Gump. hanks mixed up with bill murray for some reason but now i don't do that anymore uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was like Groundhog Day. Like, oh no, that's no. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can't remember all those other movies, but oh, and then the TV show uh, Bosom Buddies. Was he in that? I, I never saw that. Yeah. Me neither. I'm just saying. Hmm. Toy Story. That's all I knew him from. <laughs> Toy Story. Yeah, Forrest Gump. Yeah, Forrest classic. Gump. And wasn't he? Was he in Apollo 13 or no? Yeah, yeah. I did see that movie in school, and I was really deathly afraid of dying in a spacecraft after that. Yeah. Don't go to space, Aaron. It's bad, <laughs> bad news, man. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, like seriously. <laughs> oh, man. Are we doing Disneyland now? Oh, that'll be the last part. You know I have that vendetta against Disney. Oh, because of the price of everything? Just everything about Disney. Dude, if you go now, I guarantee you no. can get in for a lot cheaper. No, right? no they're closing Saturday. Yeah, no, just on Saturday. Oh, on starting, Saturday, starting they're still Saturday. open. Oh, yeah. They close Saturday. So we can leave tonight and be there first thing in the morning. <laughs> Catching Corona, <laughs> walls on Splash Mountain. <laughs> I guarantee you they're doing a deal right now. It's probably 50% off tickets. Yeah, 50% off. Which, still got to take a loan out for that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you get a plane for 45 bucks. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Dude, we can do this. After the podcast, we'll discuss that. We'll so. just leave. Just, Yeah. In the car. I'm sure Anna will be wondering why I went. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you hated this. It's like, I do, but it's for the podcast. <laughs> We're running out of things to talk about. <laughs> We're trying to get Aaron. He's hugging everyone at the park. <laughs> He's the Songs of the South mascot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Most people won't even get that one. Good. Anyways. Uh. So that's enough about the gloom and doom stuff, man. Because, <laughs> like, everything that I read now is just like, Corona, 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 yeah. Corona. It's everywhere. Yeah. And the memes are just, they're as annoying as Baby Yoda was. Yeah. I actually feel bad for cursing Baby Yoda so badly. I was like, darn you. <laughs> I hated the fact that they released those memes before I saw episode, the first episode. Yeah. I start seeing those memes. I'm like, what is this? I thought you were going to say before you heard about the coronavirus. No, no, no. Like, I'm so upset. I wish I would have found out the natural (laughs) way by work shutting down. Right, exactly. So now we're going to talk about Miguel since we've neglected him. Sorry, Miguel. It's all right. I'm used to it. (laughs) Have you or someone you loved ever been affected by coronavirus? Not yet. No. Good. Well, No. It's just annoying so far. Yeah. It's just a bunch of noise. Yeah. But anyways, we'll move on to uh, why we wanted you to have have you on the podcast, man. Mm, cool. Not only is he a medical expert, <laughs> but he is a very big expert in films, or at least it's something you like to do. I know we yeah. talked about that previously. Yeah, I'll take off my lab coat now and 
<laughs> put on your take one. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you like about it? Is it more the producing, the directing, the filmography, <clears throat> acting? Uh, the writing, I think. I always kind of oh. gravitated more towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, directing was always like a goal, uh, a pipe dream, you could say. Uh, but I realized early on that, you know, I didn't have money to make movies. So I, I could just whip out my laptop and, and write movies. And mm-hmm. I didn't need anybody. I didn't need any money to do that. I just needed my mind, basically, and so and my imagination. So that's from there. I just you know took off and would spend you know a lot of time just writing. I would get ideas and then you know I'd toy with them and then finally put them down. And Are you writing out like specific spot like? shots or just kind of like dialogue is it kind of like written like a play or like a story uh probably more like a play um i never i did kind of dabble with like creative writing mm-hmm. early on this was back in like high school um i don't write anymore but uh when i did it started with creative writing and then i sort of like transitioned into uh, screenwriting mm-hmm. uh, mostly because i didn't want to be able to i i didn't feel like i was really uh equipped to to come up with like words in a colorful way the way novelists do you know because when you're screenwriting you're just putting the bare bones you know okay what can you see and you put that down and what do people say so basically screenwriting is like what you say what people say and what you see Uh basically on on the screen that's it and that would leave room for the actor to improvise right some dialogue (laughs) as well yeah basically that leaves a lot of like uh you know, latitude for somebody to just take that and, and run with it and uh-huh. do their thing. And that's kind of what you see in movies too. You know, you don't, huh. you don't really see the, uh, the specific vision that the screenwriter had because it's already been through so many different hands Yeah. to the point where you're, you know, sitting in the theater and watching it on the screens. So when you're watching a bad movie, then just like the dialogue is just, Hi, how are you doing today, John? Oh, I'm doing great, but this happened. Oh, that happened. Is it because this person's here who's also a doctor and has known all this stuff for 2000 gives you all the information? Yeah. W- w- whose fault is that? Um, <clears throat> that could be any number of people who basically uh, drop the ball. They put too much exposition. There's always a character sometimes in the beginning, the first act, that is Mr. or Mrs. Exposition. Their job is basically to explain things that the audience doesn't know Mm -hmm. and the challenge with that is that as a screenwriter you try and to try and make it so that uh it's you know spread out and not so obvious not so in your face Mm -hmm. um but every once in a while you'll get a movie where you're watching it and the person like you just said is just explaining back history like (laughs) nobody talks like that you know nobody really says backstory of somebody in real life and natural conversation that reminds me of old cartoons like they used to do that a lot in cartoons they would explain everything because you know kids are they assume kids are very dumb and so and so explain everything yeah (laughs) yeah exactly and the challenge with that is that you know you have to get that information out right as a as a storyteller but how do you do it yeah so to answer your question it's basically the one that had the 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 story in the final stages so if you're watching a movie it really was the director's fault for not taking that script back and, and, and you know rewriting it in a way that's more natural mm-hmm. because there's certain movies in fact there's one that i saw on your 
on your list there that has a character that did that and did it very poorly. Are we talking about the um, <coughs> explaining how the black hole works and folding the paper? No, no. Uh, I was talking about Inception. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't put, I didn't put, really? uh, I thought I did put, uh, what was the other one? Oh, the, uh, uh, it's the space one. It's Christopher Nolan. Oh. He made one. Oh, uh, Interstellar? Interstellar, yeah. Interstellar, yeah. yeah. No, I, I was thinking of Inception. When you asked me that question, Ellen Page's character was basically written to explain things. So if you were to watch that movie again, pay attention to what she's saying. And she's the architect? She's, yeah, basically. And so she's just there to really explain things to the audience. Mm-hmm. She might as well I actually turn. recently... <laughs> turn to look at the camera. Yeah. I recently did just watch it again. Oh, okay. So you get it. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Because I wanted to see it and kind of find some things. Because I really like the movies. Mm-hmm. And the movies, I feel, are really great. So I can detach myself from being like, well, this dialogue stuff is kind of... Yeah. Like, come on. Right. But how much is too much? At what point do you think... I guess uh, at the point where you're... Where they're, you know, they're basically just rattling off information and it has no natural <laughs> flow to it. That's when you know, you know, okay, this is too much. This is going overboard. Uh-huh. And and as an audience, you don't need to know that much information because really the goal is to identify with the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, some writers feel like an audience has to know a lot of information mm-hmm. because they're going to pull the rug out from under them later. Based like, off, all that stuff wasn't... Yeah, ba- oh. based off that information. So, you know, the anxiety of a writer is like, oh, you know, I got to make sure the audience knows this or that, but I got to do it early on. Mm-hmm. So that way, when it, when I do my big reveal, whatever that is, then they'll be like, oh, wow, man, of course, because of what yeah. they were saying at the beginning. Uh-huh. But, I mean, the the pitfall there is basically when the characters are just talking at the beginning about stuff that's just not... Re- relevant at all and they're they're obviously just spouting you know story exposition they call it exposition Mm -hmm. and it's important it's not that you don't want to have that in a story but uh, you got to know how to like like divide it up yeah i just didn't like i liked the movie but i just didn't like how she would like force her way into situations where they were trying to make it like a very she was a curious character Mm -hmm. but it felt very forced in how she was like going into his dream for instance and then he's like, who's that? Oh, that's my wife. Oh, that's your ex-wife who killed herself because of this and that. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you should never come in here. Now let's leave because this scene is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he yeah. takes her out. Yeah. She should have just had the script with her. Right. Yeah. Just, through the pages. just to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, too, I noticed that in some movies, instead of explaining it verbally, they'll try to use visual cues, which they can also mess that up as well, I think. Because, like, in some movies, for example, the first thing that came to my mind was, like, A Quiet Place. Mm. I don't know if you ever saw that or not. but Yes, I did. They show newspaper um, clippings to kind of give you an idea of what's been going on. Yeah. Um, and in one way, I like that. And in another way, though, I kind of wish it was a little bit more subtle. Mm. Because in that movie, they make it very obvious because the camera um, pans and, like, it shows the clippings, but it goes through a lot of them very slowly. Oh, yeah. Whereas I would kind of wish different clippings would show up throughout the movie and you yes. have to watch it and catch it in the background. Exactly. So I, I kind of like that yeah. a little bit more. And yeah, so there's, um, there's a skillful way to do exactly what you're talking about. Like yeah. You, you could open a shot with a, a person reading a newspaper and then closing it and then dialogue starts. Mm-hmm. That's a great creative way 
to do instead of just like holding in on the <laughs> on the newspaper. Seventeen people dead by some mysterious yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then a voice says, "Are you done reading it?" You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moving on, you know. Uh-huh. So yeah, exactly like you said. There's there's better ways to do it, but it it can also be a, a make or break. Can backfire. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that Christopher Nolan's a good director then? Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, he's one of my favorites. Okay. That's why uh, you know it's sometimes painful to <laughs> criticize <laughs> yeah. your favorite. Uh-huh. director but you know they they make they have flaws too you know they yeah they make mistakes and a lot of it's not their fault a lot of it's you know studio mm-hmm. stuff because they screen these movies to test audiences mm-hmm. and if something's not working with that test audience the the producer's like okay we gotta like okay we got this idea just put yeah. a character in there and she's gonna explain all this stuff you didn't yeah. say yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it's very possible that an early cut of that movie might have been very different and more like what Chris Nolan had in mind and his brother who wrote it. They they might have, you know, had a very more subtle take on it. But it's possible that the studio might have said, you know what, this audience isn't getting it, so you got to have a character say more. I mean, even with the movie at the end, you still don't really get it, even with all of that. So I yeah. would imagine if she wasn't there, you'd have to kind of figure out what his wife was going through, what she was kind of dealing with because of what had happened. Mm-hmm. And maybe that would be a lot, like, just too much, like, your brain would hurt by the end of yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's possible. You also got to figure what kind of movie you're making because this that was a Warner Brothers movie. So they're the ones writing the checks. Right. Oh. Yeah. So they kind of have a say <laughs> yeah. on, on what flows, you know. And so if it was an independent movie, then you could, you know, there's a little bit more leeway to, yeah. to, to do more experimental stuff. But yeah. at the end of the day, Chris Nolan wants to make blockbuster movies, not independent movies. So he has to be, you know, he has to work with the studio. And just kind of a side note, not without getting too far away. He, wait, just to be sure, Christopher Nolan, he did do um, The Prestige, right? Yeah. Okay. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's on my top five list for sure. And um, one of the the things I noticed when you talked about um, the audience Mm. and like subtlety, one thing I've noticed in a lot of movies these days is that it, it seems to me, and I could be wrong, but it seems to me that things are laid out very plainly now, and the and the stories of movies are very easy to follow because everything is kind of explained right to you very basically. Yeah. Whereas a movie like The Prestige, for example, and I can think of some others too, mm-hmm. um, but that movie you have to watch it and you have to pay attention to what's going on, otherwise you're completely lost. Yeah. It'll it'll lose you, but I love those movies. You have to watch closely. And I remember I tried to show this is maybe a year or so ago. I tried to show a buddy of mine, the Fugitive, the Harrison Ford. Oh yeah, I version. Yeah. And um, we were watching it, but you know he would stop and he would you know check his phone and do other things, or whatever. And anyway, when you start getting to the end of the movie, he was completely lost because he's like, wait a minute, how did this person? How, how? And I was like, well, you you weren't watching. You have to. This, this is not going to spoon feed you the information. You really have to pay attention. And I just feel like those movies are lacking a little bit nowadays, but that's just, that's just me. Yeah. And I think what you're trying to talk about with the prestige is that the dialogue, even though it was very plain, mm. it gave you a window into actually what was going on in the background. Because yes. I remember like the guy with the fishbowl yeah. and he's like, that guy lives it. Well, how do you know that? He does. He just lives it every single day. He puts on this show. Why would anybody do that? And then you find out later, mm-hmm. you know, he's the fishbowl guy. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm cheering for this, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that was a great movie. I really love that. And I'm so glad that he was able to make that movie because 
movies. They don't make movies like that anymore. And at that time, that was pretty big. But I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that he had just made Batman Begins and he gave Warner Brothers a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Or he made them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So basically, Warner Brothers was able to say, okay, go do whatever you want now because you did good, basically. <laughs> so he was able to make for the prestige because of that. He could do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And then after, you know, he comes back and they start working on Dark Knight, you know. And that's a success. Then he's able to again go and do whatever he wants again. So which was Inception, I guess, right? Right. That so it's like a one for me, one for you type okay. back and forth. Yeah. And it was pre- and Inception was a, a original, right? Or was it a book before? It was original. It was an original yeah. story. So they wrote it. They wrote it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, that's another thing you don't see a lot of originals. It's hard to find yeah. a good original. Exactly. At so least that's mainstream. Since right. you're here, what do you think the ending is? Is he awake or is he asleep? You know, I haven't thought about it in such a long time, and I f- kind of forget what I, what my final consensus was at the at that time. But a lot of that had to do with the hype, and then I would revisit it a few years later, and then come up with a different theory. But you know, it's been so long. I'm, I'm just not. I really don't. I came up with a new theory because I hadn't seen it in a while. And now it's on Netflix. Oh wow! So I was like, oh, I'll just watch it again. Uh-huh. And um, I used to think that he was awake. But at the end of the movie, I don't think it mattered. That was the point of it, yeah. was that he had a kind of accomplished, he had come to terms, he'd come to peace with what happened to his wife. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, it really didn't matter whether he was asleep or awake. It was mm-hmm. just the fact that he moved on from that part of his life. And I th- that <clears throat> sounds familiar because I remember reading an interview with Chris Nolan. And, and again, not that it matters what the artist's intention is, because at a certain point, you have to separate <laughs> the artist and the art, you know. Uh, you come across that a lot, but I still, at that time, I was reading everything he, he was saying, basically. Mm-hmm. I was really into what he was doing. And he basically echoed those same ideas, same yeah. st- sentiments. That it doesn't matter. You know, it's not, don't focus on that. You know, it's just an ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's more about closure, I think. Yeah. That was interesting. I just think when you have to read that much into a movie, though, it's a lot of fun to, yeah. to kind of dissect it. Because that's kind of what you do when you're reading a book. Mm-hmm. at the end of it you're like wow like i ran into a lot of boring parts in this book but it all kind of led up to this one point where you're, you're like either satisfied or you're like pained <laughs> you're yeah. like oh my goodness oh yeah, yeah you know definitely yeah I've, I've definitely felt so exhausted after after watching certain movies or or reading certain books not uh-huh. because not just because they're like 700 pages but you know <laughs> uh, just the emotional attachment you get and you know one time i even like teared up reading a book yeah. Because a certain character died, and I was like, wait a minute, this isn't even real. Why am I getting so attached? But, you know, you, you invest a art, lot of, yeah. you invest a lot of emotional, you know, in the characters. I, I agree with that, because in books, you, um, the like in the movie, you're, the characters are given to you, their voices are given to you, everything is kind of given to you, so you just, you're following the story, whereas in books, you're, you have to read the characteristics, and you invent how the person and the scenery looks in your mind. Because mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've, there's been times where I've read a book and then went to see the movie and the the, the land that I created and the characters I created in my brain, yeah. based on what the book said they were, is completely different from yeah. what the movie is. And yeah. so it's a completely different feeling. But yeah, yeah I'm, um, I haven't read a good book in a while, like a fiction It's book, the same thing as like uh, music videos. Mm-hmm. I never, ever will watch a music video. Because as soon as you see it, you're like, well, what were these... This has nothing to do with what I thought this song was about. Yeah. Well, that, but, you know, I will say this, though. A lot of modern videos are like that. Mm-hmm. But some of the older school videos, I'm talking like... Like, aha, take on me? Well, 
That's an exception. <laughs> I was like, what is this there, about? No, no, no. I there, don't even, first off, I didn't know what this song is about anyways. <laughs> I just like pretending to sing along to it. Um, but the music no, video was like, a, I'm no, a comic you, book. And no, there's you're girls right. in a comic book. And now we're not in a comic book, but then the comic book comes back. Yeah. I think right. the, well, there, were a, <laughs> there were a lot of videos that actually did match the song. And yeah. the ones. Or uh, Guns N' Roses, November Rain. Well, that's what I was going to say. A lot of videos did actually, I never saw that video, but. A lot of songs did match the video, uh-huh. and the ones that didn't are the ones that stand out and, and are memorable, which is why you mentioned, you know, Take On Me and those other songs, because those videos... That was artistic. Yeah, they didn't match up, but a lot of songs did. So you were... The ones that didn't, those are the ones that people remember today. And ones like those kind of were really, like, uh, they really did sum up the time period because of technology, you know, that... Yeah. That was pretty revolutionary, that aha... That, that, uh-huh song take on me you know mm-hmm. they they had you know this technology they're like oh we got to make a music video out of this and so they probably went a little too extreme <laughs> yeah they're like what do you want? okay so there's this girl and she's sitting in a diner and she's got this comic book so we all know girls love reading comic books <laughs> yeah, right yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> so but you know i kind of like music videos that aren't so on the nose you know mm-hmm. where they explain exactly what you're hearing in the lyrics i like the ones that are a little bit more subtle and acts abstract sometimes you're not sure how that relates to the song there's this arctic monkeys one where it kind of like paints this scene of what's happening mm-hmm. there's like a, a girl who's about to jump off a building and this guy runs and he saves her because he like a shoe falls and he looks up and he's like oh my goodness and so he runs up and he saves her and the girl's like oh i mean there's no words just the music yeah and they end up going to lunch and he's like trying to help her and then she ends up getting like super attached to him yeah and so then he tries running away and he like <laughs> can't get away and he eventually, like, breaks away from her, and she, like, starts crying, and then she runs up to the building again like she's going to jump off, yeah. but she's just waiting for another guy to come, and she throws her shoe off again for the whole process to start over. <laughs> <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the yeah. song, but yeah. it was just, like, yeah. it's a good storytelling thing, yeah. you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of like, I thought about um, uh, Tears for Fears, you know, the... Everybody wants to rule the world. They're oh, just yeah. driving around. I, yeah. It doesn't really make that much sense, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a good song, and it's, it's yeah. an okay video, so, yeah. you know. Now it's everybody wants to buy toilet paper. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Everybody wants to wipe their bum. Man, I saw, I saw a screen cap of uh, Weird Al. He was, somebody was trying to get him to, to do a take on this coronavirus. I can't remember... If somebody knows it, you know, shout it out or something. I don't know, but I, I haven't heard it. I forgot. Somebody wants him to do. Oh man, a take on coronavirus, and I don't remember what it was. Well, it's got to uh. have an accordion, that's for sure. <laughs> Probably, of course. Yeah. So then, back to like the whole. Who? What would you say about Christopher Nolan then that you appreciate about his films that you think other people? kind of dismiss or miss out on. They're like, oh, I don't like this movie. It's, like, really boring. I didn't really get it. I would have to say uh, it's probably the amount of, like, faith he has in a shot or confidence, you could say. Because, you know, you watch a lot of movies nowadays, and, I mean, they don't spend more than, like, two seconds, even one second on a shot. They just go to the next shot, and they keep cutting and cutting and cutting, and, I just always appreciated how Chris Nolan was able to have confidence in what he was filming. 
to the point where he could linger on an image for a very long time. Uh, the obvious shots are like the last shot in Inception with the little top, but but even just you know he would never move the camera around and you know be like just moving it for the sake of moving it. He always focused more on photography than like on animation because you watch a lot of these uh, Marvel movies or other movies that are being made today and it looks more like animation yeah and chris nolan always focused more on photography like you could almost say he's like a photographer Mm -hmm. more than than you know a director because he just creates these beautiful images and each one i mean it man it could be a a a piece of art hanging on your wall uh every shot in every movie is just so beautifully color corrected and you know angled just right so I, I always appreciated that aspect of what he does but also uh, the attention he gives to like storytelling and uh, character development throughout a throughout a, a movie so i don't know and then what's another director you think that you like their work uh I'm trying to think Seems like the best ones make the most raunchiest movies, so it's yeah. kind of hard sometimes. It to, is hard to, yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, they're well known, and but it, you know, most of their movies are about right. killing yeah. people or something. Yeah, exactly. I don't Did, know. Do you have any thoughts on Wes Anderson? He was good. Yeah, I I enjoyed some of his his movies. Uh, Claymation, dude, I love <laughs> the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was that was fun. That was a good one. Yeah, it's a funny movie. Do uh, directors ever change then, like bands do, like how yeah. you know? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they they. Did you ever fall out of love with the director? You know, I th- I would have to say J.J. Uh, Abrams. I kind of fell out of love. Oh, with. Yeah. we can't mention his name around certain of our uh, <laughs> guests. <laughs> Aaron still he's he'll still he'll stick in yeah. there. I mean, I'm still JJ, a fan. I don't. I have nothing against him. I like most of the stuff he does. J.J. Abrams. I think I like him. Yeah. I mean, now some stuff is is kind of out there, like the whole um, uh, what is it? What's that series called? Um, Lost. No, Star not, Trek. Well, yeah, Lost. Uh, that was that's a whole different story. <laughs> um, no, what was his mo- Cloverfield? Oh yeah, yeah. It, that that whole series, and it's not done yet. That did kind of lose me a little bit. Mm. Um, like I understood because they tried to what they tried to do is say that Cloverfield, Cloverfield Lane, and then there was one that showed up on Netflix. I think <coughs> a year ago, Clover the Cloverfield Paradox. I don't know if it was Netflix or Hulu, one of them, but he tried to connect them all, but they, that kind of lost me a little bit. But I did, li- I, I actually liked Star Trek. I liked what they did with those movies because he did all of them, right? Didn't he do all of them? I think. Well, the newer ones? With yeah, Chris? I, think, I think he did. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. He did the Wrath of Khan, right? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, well, Khan what, did end up in that last one, but I liked, I oh, yeah. thought they were fine. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean. I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna. I would. I wouldn't say he's my favorite, but I don't have anything against him. Mm-hmm. I thought he did it. I, th- I think he does a decent job. One of my favorite directors, of course, I have to say, is Alfred Hitchcock. Oh yeah, because yeah. The, a lot of those older movies they still stand the test of time today, and they had no special effects really to work with. Mm. You had to tell the story. Yeah. You had to do a good job with it. Yeah, and he he's known for those long shots with no. Um, no cuts, just one long take. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, so anyway, that's yeah. just kind of a side point. I'm not going to go that's off That's funny because I never really, like, paid attention to directors as uh, someone who watches. And the reason I know Christopher Nolan is because I like his films so much. Mm-hmm. 
But generally, when I mention him, I'm like, oh, like a Christopher Nolan film. They're like, who's that? Yeah. Like, well. Well, you know, uh, M. Night. M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, yeah. He makes, like, some movies are good. Some movies aren't. So so he's known for always putting a huge twist in his movies. Yeah. And sometimes in the oh, twist. Oh, my favorite one is where the, you can kill the aliens with a super soaker. That was my Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Signs. signs. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. I love Signs. Yeah, I liked that. That was a like, fun Everyone movie. go out and get some water guns because this show's over. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I actually went to the theater to see Signs with a friend of mine, and my mom and one of her friends went too. But I had them sit in the back of the theater because, and I didn't—I sat in the front with my friend because I didn't want to be near them because I knew they'd be screaming throughout the whole movie. But they were, <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, at the very end, it was—you know, there's um—you know, you ever have moments where you go to the movie theater and whatever happens gets the whole audience like involved and everyone's like Tense. you know reacting at yeah. the same time. There's a few major movie moments and that I can think of where you the whole audience reacted oh, yeah. and the, signs was uh, one of them birthday party scene yeah it's that like the, the children's birthday party well, and then it's two scenes the that's one of them yes and the other ones where he's standing on top of the building no no not that one people did gasp or the hand that. that comes underneath the window uh, the door no he's like, I, I like oh my no. god no it was the birthday party scene like you said every everyone in the theater was like <gasps> Yeah, and it you was, never usually get to see the aliens, right? In right. those movies, that had everyone. But the other scene was the very end. Remember when he rolls the TV out? Oh yeah, the reflection. If you look at the, you can see. Oh, the it's reflection. standing right behind yeah. him, and they just stand still. Yeah, and, and so, he's got the kid in his hand. Yes, and so what's funny is that when he rolled the TV out in the theater, I heard everyone gasp. Like, <laughs> but I didn't understand. I didn't. I you didn't see it. I didn't see it oh, the first man. time. And then when they showed it, I'm like. I'm the only one who's like, <gasps> <laughs> once they actually show yeah. him. But I didn't, but anyway, yeah. that's kind of a random memory. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, M. Night, he, you know, for the movies that he does, he, he, he does put an interesting twist in the ones that you, you can stand to watch if you can stand some of them. The Village, I like that twist. You can't watch that movie again, though. You can only see it once. I agree. Yeah. I agree. You can only watch it once. I tried rewatching it, and I was like, no, this doesn't mean anything because I already know the ending. Yeah. And I think I think that a movie that is it, it's that good that you can't rewatch it. Well, there's any, some movies that are so good you have to rewatch them. There's other ones that are so good it's just like I can only see this once. Yeah, it, it, it just depends on how the what's the yeah because it freaked me out up yeah. until the end. You're like, oh, okay, fine. Well, and, yeah, because you look at a movie like Inception, you can watch that a couple of times. But that's kind of I think that's kind of the idea behind the movie. Yeah, you know, you want you do you can go back and watch it. Whereas a movie with a a very like um, conclusive ending, a mystery movie, something like that. Then yeah, it's it's yeah. just you just watch it once. Because a lot of these movies are just really made for plot purposes. Yeah, um, to, to pay attention to the story. So if you can't invest in the characters, then yeah, rewatching it's not really going to matter because you already know how it ends or you know, you know all the major moments. But yeah. So can you sit through an action packed movie? You know, like they have like new Jurassic Parks, which I just can't watch. The first one, Jurassic World, was good. I, I can't even it watch them. Like, what is the point? Is I like, but for what, someone, I want to see two CGI dinosaurs rip themselves apart because someone meticulously took time to put blood and gore into this film <laughs> instead of actually having actors doing anything that's worth anything. Yeah. I loved it. For someone, <laughs> for somebody who sat in the in the theater and saw the original Jurassic Park. In theaters, but again, it's a breakthrough thing. It for was the time. huge at the time. But now and we so, see CGI stuff all yeah. over the place. No, I know, but it's just weird to sit in the theater and watch a movie, and they're referencing what happened twenty years ago, and it literally was twenty years ago when that movie came out, or twenty-one years, I think, right after the original. It was in ninety-four. 
No, the original came out in 93. Oh. And then Jurassic World came out in 2000. Oh, the, oh yeah. the remake came out in 2000, like 20 years ago? No, no, no. no. The, no. The, second, the sequel was called The Lost World. The sequel to the original Jurassic Park. Which had that one... No, the that one wasn't that good. I didn't think. No, were they the going, original were they going to San Diego, the dinosaurs. No, but the Jurassic World ignored the sequels almost, and just it was Jurassic, Jurassic about World. Christopher Pratt, right? Yeah, oh, it was okay. basically a sequel Garbage. to the original movie. Uh-huh. It, it kind of ignored part two and three. That's good. I mean, I think Jurassic no, Park three. I could go with that. The first one. I didn't like that. And one. the third one. I, the only thing I like about the third one is they brought the guy from the first one back. I did like him. Yeah, but but, but the whole, like, I mean, it was dumb because she stole, like, the velociraptor eggs or something. And they're like, why would you do that? And she's like, I don't know. I just thought it was cool. Oh. Like, come on. Yeah. And then the whole cell phone ring was like, yeah. he has to, like, put his hand in the TUX pool and get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the first one was the best one. And then yeah. in the the aviary place, those mm-hmm. like it's just tense. A lot of people did. I like liked that. it. I can watch it. They went and they took something, and they remade it, and it was fine. Now with all these Jurassic World, Jurassic whatever. I like the first Jurassic World though. I think it was a good sequel to the They're first. Like, one. Guess what, guys? But the second one was the. It still didn't work out. <laughs> right? Yeah. Are you serious? You're telling me that a place full of dinosaurs didn't work out. Again? <laughs> Seems like we're going to have to deal with this for another 20 years and they, make tons of money off of it. They didn't learn a lesson. <laughs> but anyway. But yeah, sorry. I mean, I don't really even go to movies anymore. I don't really watch movies just because I can't sit through them, you know? Yeah. I just don't. I either rewrite the movie in my head or I just don't care and check out. You know? <laughs> I, I do. I just think about what, how I would have done it differently. You know? Yeah. And at that point, it's like I should have just flush my money down the toilet because uh-huh. I paid like 12 bucks to get in there and I'm not even thinking about the movie. I'm just, you know, that way you could change. So you don't it. really watch, you don't go to the movies now you're saying. Yeah. I don't, I don't really go anymore. So a lot of these movies you've been mentioning, I haven't even seen like the Jurassic world movies. I haven't seen or uh, the f- Jurassic world is worth seeing. Is if, it? No, if, it's no, not. no, let's no, hear me out. If you were a fan <laughs> of the original Jurassic park movie, if you like that really one, then you'll like Jurassic World because it's almost a sequel to Jur- the original you're Jurassic the Park. Point. He can't watch it because of the just the dialogue of it is just terrible. But you don't go to a Jurassic Park expecting the best dialogue and acting. That's true. You go Miguel to it. Does no, 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 no. What? He wants to see Shakespearean no, no, dialogue yeah. throughout no, no. the whole show. I'm not talking Sonnets about. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying a a person doesn't go to those movies expecting. That's true. The best Miguel's acting. Miguel's not just a person, okay? He is our movie specialist. No, I agree. And that's why I said if... <laughs> that's why I said if he's a fan of the original, he'll like that. <laughs> that's all. Oh, um, there's a movie up there that's... There was a movie that's not up on our list, but I just thought about it. What, did you ever see A Beautiful Mind? Yes. And did you like that movie? I did, yeah. I, I forgot who directed that. Ron Howard. Oh, Ron Howard. I think made... Yeah, he's made a lot of good movies. Another movie that's really good, but you can't rewatch it because you already know what's going to happen. That's but it's a very good. Well, film. I could yeah. probably rewatch it now. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, but you kind of already know what's going to happen. That's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking about that movie. That's one day. of my favorite movies too. You, you know, you just well, I don't want to spoil it for. Or spoil it! If you have not seen a beautiful mind. Watch it. <laughs> it's a yeah. great movie. Yeah, I was just thinking about the character and, and my life and thinking like, hey, this is. Well, I won't say anymore. Oh, you know, sometimes there's moments in your life where you're like, hey, anybody see me? Yeah. 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 No? Okay. (laughs) You know. Yeah. 
No, that's, yeah, that's Anyways. one of my favorites. So what would you say is your favorite movie that you like, but also doesn't really hold up to your directorial standards? That's a good question. Wow. Uh, like one is your, I hate the word, like guilty pleasures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they always call that about music that you like, but it's like, you don't want other people to know that you listen yeah. to it. Because it's like some poppy. Yeah. I, I have a, more, a lot more of those than I wish to admit, but. Music. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Antonio's is the Spice Girls. The Spice Girls, yeah. <laughs> I was big, list, yeah. big when I was growing up. <laughs> uh, what was the question again? What is one of the films that you enjoy watching, but you know does not meet up to the standards of this is a good director, this is good plot? You just like the story, you like the characters? or Yeah. Uh, man, that's a good question. And I know I have an answer to it. I just can't think of it because that, that has happened a few times where I revisit a movie, especially years later, maybe even a decade later. And I'm like, what? No. This isn't what I want yeah. in a movie. And I don't know if it's because I'm in a different point in my life now than I was when I first watched it. It could be any reason, but I know there are <laughs> movies like that. And I just can't think of any off the top of my head. Do you enjoy watching like older films, like ones that are hours long? Uh, no, that's another one, uh, qualm that I have with uh, modern movies is that they're just getting too long, in my opinion. I feel like once you reach the two hour mark, if you haven't should have said it, yeah, if you yeah you if you haven't made your point, you know, by then, then you don't have confidence. Going back to you know Chris Nolan, who's still guilty of <laughs> three hour, he's movies. guilty of the very problem I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you're not a Christopher Nolan fan. Yeah. <laughs> no, but to, no, but if, if the movie is to me, yeah. if the movie is action packed, yeah. I don't mind it going over two hours. If it's not, then two hours yeah. should be the cutoff. That's just my opinion. Yeah, because yeah. Inception is like what two and a half hours long, right? I think so. It's yeah. very long. But it, but there's a lot of action, especially when you get towards the end too. There's a lot going on in the end. So that last half hour of the movie, to me, flies by pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. So I don't mind it. But if it's a movie that's kind of like you kind of have to have your mind into yeah. it and paying attention it can get a little bit yeah. tough if, if, if you're not focused on you know the fact that you're in a theater in a dark room with a bunch of strangers you're watching a movie yeah then that's great you know i, I love movies like that but if if i'm getting restless and i'm doing this you know adjusting yeah. and everything and yeah then and it's, it's like it's what's a problem. the point of watching the movie if i'm just gonna be bored because i'm yeah. already bored not watching the movie and <laughs> i've actually read too that you know when you're dreaming at night if you dream it usually lasts about 90 minutes give or take yeah, that sounds about and right. that's why they model movies after, well, they used to, uh, you know, they used to model <laughs> movies <laughs> off of your well. dreams. Basically, you know, it should last about 90 minutes. It could go over, you know, but. Have you ever seen Ben-Hur? Yes. Yeah. That's a classic. Yeah. That's a very long movie. That is. Yeah. That's very long. Well, back then, though, they did make a lot of movies like that. that did you like that long. one, though? It was okay. It was okay. Yeah. I, I like the, the fact, I like the way they made movies back then with the graphics and, it all felt very real, like you were actually looking at it. Even if you could tell it was fake, I like the fact that it was right there. You could yeah. see it. It was more like real life, like situational stuff that yeah. you're watching someone else go through things. It's not, no, yeah. I mean, they had backdrops and stuff, but no green screen and things right. like that. Yeah, and obviously nowadays it's hard to watch those movies again because the background separated from mm-hmm. the foreground. Yeah, nowadays it's I think one tough. of the horsemen is like yeah. wearing a watch too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, I think... Uh, Kubrick is another favorite of mine. Actually, mm-hmm. he's up there. Uh, and actually, funnily enough, Chris Nolan modeled a lot of a lot of his movies off of Kubrick's movies. So, do you like Space Odyssey two thousand one? I do. And why? 
Uh, I like it mostly for the production value aspect of it. The story is obviously very heady, very deep, but um, I just like the the shots. It's just a beautiful movie, visually uh-huh. speaking. You know, these shots are just so panoramic, and there's you know so much confidence. Again, going back to that idea. There's a lot of Kubrick put a lot of faith in his shots. He would hold on one image for a very long time, uh, not so much because he he needed to. I mean, sometimes it you know it, you know it actually uh, reinforced what was going on in the story, but a lot of times he was just doing it for for the eye candy, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. But, I don't um, think I've ever seen one of his movies. Uh, um, you should you need to watch Space Odyssey 2001, not for the fact because. You'll enjoy it, but because you need to see it, because for the time, it was very... Very uh, revolutionary. I know it's a classic that everyone talks about. The problem with it, though, is if you're used to watching Jurassic World, (laughs) this movie... Do you like orchestra music? Yeah. Okay, the the movie has several scenes where all it is is just moving in space, Mm -hmm. orchestral music, and it takes a very long time. Like, even me, I have a lot of patience when it comes to old movies, and for me, it, sometimes it's like, it just keeps going and going. But for the time, you know, you wanted to see that kind of stuff because there was a lot of yeah. the space race and stuff yeah. during that time, correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, that's fine with me. I, I watch a lot of different types of movies. It's I'm not just Jurassic World. <laughs> I, know that's what, I know that's what you're thinking, but no, I, I watch. You have to put your movies I in like, a blender for you so you can eat them. <laughs> no, dude, I like movies. Here you go, Aaron. I like the old movies. Juice. I love Twilight Zone, like all the old yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. And then I like, you know. The movies I've mentioned, like Beautiful Mind, but I love this, this movie, this Prestige. This movie is a little bit, it's in, then, an intellectual film. It's not about, um, it's not about some emotion or, or something. Not really. There's not really a character investment or development yeah. in that movie. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just stuff happens, but it happens in a way that unfolds very interestingly. It, it's supposed to give a commentary upon the evolution of, I don't know. Man. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's got some crazy ideas, but yeah, crazy ideas, but beautifully made and beautifully, you know, uh, plotted and, and just yeah, it's pretty. Everybody should see it, and I know it's one of those movies that everybody's heard about, mm-hmm. and you yeah. probably dread actually sitting through it because you've heard about it. But I think he's a director that pulls you in, and you kind of forget you're watching the movie, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because it's so long. But right, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's an artistical piece. Yeah, I think everybody should watch it, and if you can. Watch it in uh, seventy millimeter, which is the way it was filmed. Hmm. And and if if a movie theater like the Loft was to like, you know, oh, that's true. Screen it. They that. do yeah. occasionally. Yeah. That's that's when I would go and watch Inception when they would get a you know a film reel of seventy millimeter and, and see it the way the director wanted you to see it because mm-hmm. there's a big difference in terms of quality. And on the big screen is the best way to see that. Especially movie. Space Odyssey. If you're gonna see it for the first time. It doesn't do it any justice to watch it on a small TV like I first saw it. Yeah. Like a little tiny with a big old back end. Yeah. I was like, what's the point of this? Yeah, <laughs> I know. But when it's a huge thing and you have the speakers and you can feel the music. Yeah. The movie is 142 minutes long. There's an intermission. That's when you know it's long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I forget yeah. how long it, the intermission is. Like 10 minutes? Or? I don't know. Oh, in Space Odyssey? Yeah. 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 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Just musical. That's funny because... We were talking about Ben Hur earlier. That had intermission. Yeah, a lot of those old movies had intermission. Yeah, the Ten Commandments, and <laughs> well, I'm just saying it was yeah. around well, the I same have time. Not wa- I have not rewatched the Ten Commandments for some reason. My grandma wanted me to watch it a bunch of times, and all I remember is like Moses making out with Pharaoh's daughter. 
like in every scene. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I don't think this is accurate. <laughs> it, well, that's true, yeah. I was like a child and yeah. I was like, I don't think this is right. <laughs> but oh, well, I don't know. Maybe they yeah, talk about artist- reading in between the lines. <laughs> yeah. That's artistic the license. That's that's artistic mean. license, yeah. <laughs> right. The book doesn't go into details, so we don't know. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, nice, Aaron. Uh, What was I going to say? Yeah, the movie kind of goes into three. I'm going to cut that part, by the way. Are you serious? (laughs) I take offense to that. It's a joke, too. It's a joke. Oh, man. That reminds me of, never mind. You'll you'll definitely cut that. (laughs) Cut Cut it all. But yeah, so that's kind of, you know, I think that's interesting. I like talking to you about movies. Yeah. I knew you were interested in it, but I didn't know you were that interested in it. Oh, really? Yeah, because wow. you actually uh, dissect it. Yeah. Which yeah. is something, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I'm just laughing because you're like, I'm going to cut that. I'm offended. <laughs> I'm like, really? I've said so much worse. Yeah, I'm just, uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. You never know what's going to offend somebody. That's yeah, hilarious. that is true. That's true. <laughs> In this day and age, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. Anyway, continue. But yeah, yeah, I like to dissect. Um, well, I used to. I'm not really into film a whole lot anymore. Because they're all garbage. <laughs> basically, yeah. In my eyes, yeah. But also just because it's it was a part of my life uh, for such a long but brief also period of my life in my, I think I dabbled in film more in my early twenties, mm-hmm. but back then I felt so passionate about it. So I yeah. would talk about it and I would sound like a nerd basically, like, <laughs> you know, but, but now I don't care. So I, I actually enjoy talking about it because uh-huh. I, I have no reservations about anything. You know? Yeah. Wait, do you, do you have anything that you've written? Like, oh, do yeah. You? yeah. Yeah. I, I spent about five years <laughs> writing uh screenplays and i would basically spend uh, one year writing one and has any of this ever have you done anything with any of them uh no is there any recordings have you ever done any any short no they never really made it to like production you could say um because i didn't have the money dude (laughs) i have an idea no we're not going to make one of his films Aaron. no no but we we should do like a short we should film like a short clip. Like of an one Orson Welles spoken word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should. He's another director I like, too. He's I tried watching Citizen Kane, and I couldn't get through it. Oh, really? Now oh. you're going way back. Interesting. <sighs> That's a good one. I mean, I understand why you you feel that way. I did see that, but it's it's very different. Yeah, it's... it's I mean, for the time, though, I could yeah. even tell that it was different. Yeah. It had a lot of, like... Yeah, I mean, shots back and forth, and talk about exposition. I mean, the whole movie is you know the investigator interviewing people mm-hmm. <laughs> to find <laughs> out why this happened, you know, and what Rosebud meant. But you know, it's one of those that I, I watched once, and I don't really feel the need to re- revisit again because yeah. eh, I just don't care. But. Rather watch Willy Wonka for the hundredth time. <laughs> Willy Wonka. <laughs> You know that movie scared me as a kid. <laughs> that movie still scares me. It yeah. was so scary. It's creepy. Yeah. yeah. But, so we're coming up to the end of the show. <laughs> We've covered a lot of topics. <laughs> We've offended a lot of people. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, just kidding, Aaron. Okay, let me see. I was going to talk to you about music. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about music. Well, 
Aaron likes to keep these episodes to an hour. I have an idea. Has it already been an hour? I have an idea. Dude, it's been an hour. No. Uh, we spent like 50 minutes talking about coronavirus, though. So. Oh, that's No, let's, let's just do this. Let's, um, I like, yeah, I like to keep them to an hour, so let's just end this. But Miguel should stick around and we can record a coffee break episode. Sure. There you go. Yeah. If he's okay with that. I'm, Are you I'm, okay with that? I'm fine with that. Yeah, that'll be. Yeah, we can curse on that episode. Yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No word <laughs> will be censored. Well, then let's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, sounds like a plan. Awesome. So we'll be right with you this s- Sunday. I think is when I'm releasing them now. Right. We're releasing this episode on Friday. The next one's on Sunday. Sounds good to me. See you on Sunday. This is the Two Crazy Scoops podcast with your hosts Ao and Tino and special guest Miguel. Peru. <laughs> Stay tuned this Sunday as you listen to even more uh, interesting topics with your special host and special guests. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. Tip your waiters.